This is the weekly podcast Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. It's the audio version of the weekly Comic Con podcast featuring your hosts Lena Sultana and Alyssa Franks from the Friends of CC Forum. This is season three, episode 38, recorded on the Sunday, 8th of May. And for the first time, we've had a guest no show on the podcast. We were going to be joined by the Baker Street Babes, but life has interrupted and left us wanting. The good news is there's been plenty for myself and Alyssa to talk about this week, including SDCC parking, hotel sale waitlists, Comic-Con HQ, and free comic book day. At the back end of the episode, we're also joined by Andy Baybat to talk about a spoiler-heavy conversation about Captain America Civil War. Don't worry, we'll give you a nice big heads up when to turn off if you haven't yet seen the film. Our competition prizes this week are provided by Dark Bunny Tees. Head to darkbunnytees.com to check out their awesome line in movie and TV-themed t-shirts, hoodies and apparel. So there you go, that's the countdown. Something I haven't turned around and said is thank you very much indeed to everyone who sent in pics. If you do want to get your pictures in, send them in to pics at aninglishmaninsandiego.com. Everyone who sends in a pic will be getting a T-shirt that uh, I will be putting on the uh, Englishman in San Diego website as of end of this month. Welcome to Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. I don't have my cup of tea with me but I do have a bottle of water, considering it is 26 degrees here in the UK. It's the hottest day of the year so far. Apparently, it's warmer here than it is in Ibiza. Thank goodness, considering that we've had the most weird weather for the last month. It's like the Matrix has been glitching. It's been very weird. But finally, the sun's out, and I can kind of get into that summer vibe. I've been walking around. The air's been hot in the lungs. It's been feeling like California. That's the great thing. I, first time I went to California 2010, just stepping out into Los Angeles air and just having that heat enter your lungs. I just, I thought, okay, I've arrived. Um, this is what America smells like. Fun. Um, looking forward to uh, getting to San Diego on the Monday evening before Comic-Con. I don't know what time you're going to be arriving. That's something we can talk about uh, on the show today. When are you actually arriving into San Diego? I am coming in on Monday at 4 o'clock and Ubering and or lifting to the uh, my condo uh, to a hotel room uh, in the gas lamp and probably heading out with a couple of friends to uh, enjoy a movie and some low-key food and just kind of chilling. Yeah. I mean, I've been asked if I can translate that um, temperature to Fahrenheit. Uh, I, I can't do things like that. Oh, uh, you said you're 86. What did you say you were? I said, uh, 26 degrees. Oh, that's like in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 you've far exceeded our high temperature in my neighborhood, which is, um, we just got to about 70 degrees yesterday. And the whole world went crazy. Just nature went nuts and actually got sunshine and birds and leaves popping out and pollen and mosquitoes and all of the things I hate. Oh, <clears throat> okay, so there you go. That's the temperature. 
Um, I think that was uh, Jason who was asking about that. Um, for myself, like I say, I'm going to be coming in on Monday. Um, I would be coming in on Thursday, which is when my wife is coming in to San Diego. That's right. My wife is coming in to San Diego without me and ahead of me uh, because um, I'm going to be attending Star Wars Celebration at the Excel Centre in London, um, which means I'll be doing Star Wars Celebration and then five o'clock in the morning on the Monday, heading to uh, Heathrow and getting in the direct flight to San Diego, or to uh, LAX, sorry, getting the surf rider down. And that'll be on Monday night, chilling out. And then on Tuesday night, I will probably be at Stone Brewery. Yes. Uh, getting drunk with the Nerd Food Boys. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, listen, <laughs> just, however you celebrate, do let us know. Jump in on the Q&A. Let us know when you're going into uh, San Diego. Are you going in a week early? Do you just go in for the con? Uh, do you sort of like show up on the Wednesday, disappear on Sunday night? What do you do? What's your? Do you actually get the chance to look around San Diego? Because that's something that I don't think we encourage or suggest enough. But when we talk about commentating about San Diego Comic Con, if you not actually have the chance to have a look around San Diego, it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful city. A couple of things. Um, one thing, so the Sunday before uh, San Diego, you're going to be broadcasting from, we're going to be doing a show from Star Wars London. We are. Um, I'm hopefully still going to be in the Excel Center at that point. Uh, yes, I will be doing, uh, well, I, I, I know it's a late finish uh, when it comes to the uh, the actual event at the Excel Center. So, I mean, so I think it's all the way through to like six, seven o'clock in the evening. Um, so I will be Moving to one side, and yes, I will be doing um, a recap of Star Wars Celebration. Wonderful. Uh, that sounds great. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you say, uh, because one of the things that's that's happened and is being talked about on the forum is the fact that uh, Star Wars Celebration uh, 17 tickets are going on sale. Well, yeah, I know Neil Williamson may or may not be watching. At the end of the day, it's a gorgeous day. He may be out in the garden <laughs> a beer or two. Um, but um, I, a number of people who I've been speaking to have been very frustrated about the fact that we've got the date for Star Wars Celebration next year in Orlando. And we've got nothing in terms of guests for this year's uh, event. So <laughs> a little bit um, uh, miffed about that. Right, um, jump in with the uh, any questions on the Q&A, and of course use the Twitter hashtag CutOTSDCC if there's anything that you want to talk about today. We were hopefully going to be joined by uh, the Baker Street Babes. Uh, now, this was regarding off-site events. Uh, we will be touching on off-site um, today, uh, but that we were going to be talking about the stresses and strains of actually putting on a off-site event. Um, in the middle of this nerd party where people are either focusing on the con or um, just, it's just such an intense experience. That's what I wanted to talk about. I didn't want to actually talk about the party as such, more about the actual pressures of putting it on, considering it is one of the, in four years, it has become one of the big mainstays of Comic-Con. If you want to um, go to Baker Street Babes on Twitter and just kind of tap them on the shoulder and remind them that we're here, uh, you never know. They may be able to uh, <laughs> join us. What we can talk about, however, Alyssa, I know that you've got some uh, a list of stuff that we can discuss. What would you like to talk about first? 
Well, we were talking about um, guests to Star Wars. Um, let's flip that over and talk uh, briefly about guests for the Star Trek uh, 50th uh, show, which is going to be happening, in, a repop show, which is going to be happening uh, on Labor Day weekend this year. Uh, they've announced that they're going to have the cast of Voyager there, uh, which is, is huge. So we're, um, I am going as press my first press application, and it was immediately accepted. So I was, I'm was, i feeling all proud of myself. Let's fingers crossed for everybody who's applying for NYCC. We still haven't heard about press applications for that. Um, so I'm, I'm massively looking forward to that experience of um, understanding how press works. Uh, so that's, that's going to be a fun thing. Um, just to let you, just to jump in very quickly with that, we are going to be actually doing a press episode in about two, three weeks' time. We've got a couple of people lined up to talk about what it actually is to do press at Comic Con, considering people do have been asking me what exactly is their life behind the golden rope, as it were. That's great. I am so glad we're doing that show. I'm looking forward to it. I need the, all of the information I can get. Well, I mean, one, it's all kind of down to certainly for one person. Um, Helen O'Hara uh, from Empire Magazine has said that she'd be willing to join us. So attending as press is a different ballgame when it comes to attending a convention. At the end of the day, there's other pressures and other things happening off in the background. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations on getting press, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you. And and then there was a massive free comic book day yesterday. Ah. <laughs> I mean, was I had a great time. I hope everybody else did. It, it's a great just kind of invigorating, you know, pre-con getting involved. My local comic book store had the uh, the go, the local chapter of the Ghostbusters and and the state uh, giant state puff marshmallow man and a DJ out front, and it was it was a great time. So, how was yours, Leonard? Um, well, if you follow me uh, enough, you'll know that I work oh, I work as a DJ, which means very late night, certainly on a weekend. I was working on Friday night, and as it happens, uh, my wife is also in the uh, hosting industry. She works as uh, um, a, sh- a shift manager at a pub here in the UK, and she had a very early start, which meant I came in at something like half past two in the morning, she wanted me to drive her to um, a cover shift that she was doing at half past five, so I just stayed awake. Uh, did a little bit of work, desperately trying to get the YouTube channel working. Um, yes, so I didn't sleep. I then went from dropping her off into Leeds, and we did a tour. We did a, There's three major uh, comic book shops in Leeds City Centre. Uh, I started at um, Travelling Man. Um, which is a great little store. The great thing about Travelling Man is as well, it has a uh, kind of a centre aisle or a centre sort of like display area. So people were, and they had all the comic books laid around this uh, this section. So the queue outside came in, went round, grab, 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 and then out. And so like, and they just, all the people that came for the free comic book day, they just got sorted nicely, nice and quick. So it was just nice. And then if you wanted to go back in and buy some comics, which is always good, it was great. It was just nice to kind of like just wander in, get your comics, and then 
go. Uh, we went from there to um, OK Comics, which is an uh, Eisner Award nominated um, store uh, in Leeds. A little bit harder to actually manoeuvre into because there's it's rather small and cosy. Uh, so they were only letting like six to eight people in at a time, which meant we were queuing for like an hour and a bit to get into oh, the actual... Yeah, I know. It's it's awkward. But great thing is everyone was just in a, such a great mood. The, I mean, the great thing about Free Comic Book Day is when people talk about the declining sales, the declining interest in comic book stores, to see the line. I mean, we're talking a 400-meter-long arcade in Leeds. Um, OK Comics is about four doors down, and the line was going all the way down the arcade, to have that much interest, that's just brilliant. I think that's what I was talking about when I when I was speaking was that it was just fun to be in that friendly, calm, geek, supportive atmosphere. You know, just it's that that little taste of of con before the season really kicks off. Oh yeah, I mean not only that, but the standing in a line for a while—that's yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's get used to line standing. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of fun. Um, And then uh, because uh, the two stores I had been to uh, hadn't gotten the copy of Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk's uh, Conman-related book, Spectrum, that's the one. Um, And apparently the book had to be requested by the stores, which meant if you didn't really know what it was, some stores didn't order it in and they didn't order as many as they possibly wanted. In fact, OK Comics, because it wasn't a major title by a major artist or writer, they didn't know what the relevance was. They just thought it was kind of like this random book that was just thrown in the uh, in the listings, as it were. And I said, no, it's to do with Alan Tudyk's crowdfunded thing, rather popular. And he just went, ah, we only got ten copies, and they went straight away. So went down to um, the final store in uh, Leeds, which is Forbidden Planet, also doing uh, their free comic book day thing. Slightly less organised, it was just boxes dumped on the floor, um, which was rather awkward. Um, uh, didn't have that many free comic books left by the time we got there. Um, they did have um, a related sale, so they had these grab bags, one pound grab bags, so it's kind of like two half-decent comics and a stinker in the middle, which kind of wound me up, because the two decent ones were... Um, Fantastic Four number one from last year, kind of like the new reboot. Mm-hmm. And also there was uh, Secret War 6, because I thought that I was missing an issue of Secret War. So I, I picked it up and I thought, okay, what is the stinker in the middle of this? It was Vision number two from Marvel, which is Tom King, Gabriel Walter and Jordi Belair at the top of their powers with one of what I think is one of my favourite comics of this year. If you've not checked out The Vision, it's a stunning comic book. And I'm thinking, someone's made a cock up here. (laughs) Putting that as the stinker. What on earth? If you did go to Free Comic Book Day, what was your um, highlights? Uh, Put them in the Q&A. Do let let us know and we'll uh, we'll read them out. What was your experiences of Free Comic Book Day? What what, What books did you pick up? Um, I did not get the uh, the the con man yeah. either. That that I was a little bit late getting to it. 
Um, basically what happened to me is I picked out the books that I wanted. It was my regular shop. Um, and I picked out the books that I wanted. Noticed that there was a limit of three. Uh, went to the, the owner and he said, oh no, you're buying stuff. You're cool. Take whatever you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so, you know. There was a limit of just three comics or three each or? Three, wow. three comics per person. Okay. Yeah, so you couldn't just pick out, you know, one of everything. Oh, um, we we just grabbed and grabbed and grabbed. Yeah, so I mean that's the difference. I mean some stores are, are trying to limit it so that so that they get, you know, all the people who just come in off the street who don't buy comics on a regular basis, you know, trying to to limit how many they take and that you know, a family one family doesn't take five episodes, five copies yeah. of one comic kind of thing. Um so I was able to get I got the Captain America, the Civil War uh, Camp Midnight, Assassin's Creed, March, uh, I think the Avatar, Doctor Who, Archie, got the Serenity. Um, that Serenity book. Right. <laughs> I, I, I tweeted about this this morning. If you're a Firefly fan, if you're a Serenity, Serenity fan, and if you picked up that Serenity book on the free comic book day, make sure that you are in a strong emotional place when you read that book, because my God, it just takes your feels, opens the legs a little wide, and then takes a nice big kick towards the knackers. It it hits so hard. It's so it's it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous story, but my God, is it emotional? Oh man! Forward to reading them. I had uh, I didn't get home until about nine o'clock last night, and was more interested in in. In the bottle of wine that I was <laughs> than, than actually reading reading through comics, but uh, so I the point being that I was trying to say is that for the the stores, try and buy comics <laughs> from the store that you, you got the free comics because it does cost them money to do that. So I ended up spending I don't know twenty thirty dollars, but that's that's a normal trip to this comic store for me. Um, but I do that, you know, a couple times a month. So they're, they're, they're always happy to see me come in. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, okay. Comics is where I get mine put to one side and yeah, I had 30 quids worth of comics. So $50 worth of yep. comics to collect. So yeah, they were happy to see me. That's a good three weeks worth of back issues, which I needed to catch up on. And they were good books as well. Um, there were the, uh, the ones that I were have been you know, the Star Wars issues, which I get re- on a regular basis. The new Star Wars, um, it's very good. It's starting to head towards the old Dark Horse vibe, where it's starting to not relate to the films as much. Mm. Kind of, you're getting that kind of okay. Does this actually bear any relevance to the new time frame or the new films at all? Because that's the one thing that the previous Star Wars books up to now have been really good at. That there's this vibe that this is actually happening in the Star Wars universe, it's now starting to stray dangerously towards that, okay, well, it doesn't really matter kind of thing. It's off in its own little pocket universe. Um, likewise with The Wicked and Divine, which I've uh, ranted and raved about uh, quite a lot, um, that's starting to veer dangerously towards super-powered people punching each other in the face. Speaking but- of Captain America, did mm-hmm. you 
have you read the um, the new Black Panther book? I've read the first issue. Absolutely, it's very political, very dense, which I would expect nothing less from. Uh, okay. Good, because uh, I picked that one up too, and and then went to Captain America, and saw it for the first time. <laughs> Shall we go spoilers? Um, not not just yet. Not yeah. just yet. No, Easy Tiger, because we may actually have somebody who might jump in and join us, because I know that he's watching. Andy uh, Bebak is watching. Hello. And I know he wants to do a spoiler-ridden Civil War thing, so what we might do is we'll carry on talking and do the rest of our conversation, and then at the back end we'll do a, if you want to leave now, this is going to be a spoiler-heavy episode. So can I talk about the Doctor Strange trailer? Did you get to see that? um, If this is the one that was released online a couple weeks back, or did you get another one? Well, we got one that was the trailer for the Captain America. I'm not sure, to be honest with you, if it's the same one or not. But I think uh, it's going to be the same one. It, it, it got applause from the audience. <laughs> it was that good. So I am, you know, with the big, the big screen. So I am really looking forward to them bringing Doc Strange into uh, uh, the Marvel Universe. That's amazing. That is amazing. And, the, of course, the, um, the Star Wars Rebels. Um, trailer was also shown in front of the Captain America okay. uh, too, which was which is will bring December into a, you know the geek focus. Um, I do have a little bit of an announcement um, at WonderCon. I did uh, an Agents of Shield trivia contest. Uh, people may remember uh, me talking about it. It was with. Um, um, well, no, she wasn't. Oz. It was Elizabeth. Um, oh no, Elizabeth Elizabeth Henstridge. Sorry. Yes, exactly. And um, a nerd element came from the nerd element, and oh. my moderator, uh, one of my um, group leaders and uh, moderators from the forum, um, NC Brooklyn, who's also been on the show, was also in it. And they put it out. Marvel put it out yesterday. Or a few days ago. So we've been, um, I've actually been on Marvel TV. Wow. <laughs> so that was fun. That was okay. where, where fun. Can people, where can people find that? Um, it's, it's, I've, we're going to be doing a post on it, but I'll, I'll also put a, a link to it to in the Q&A. That's so people can, people can see that. Speaking of the Q&A, I don't want to make you think that we don't read them because... Yeah, it's great for you to jump in and uh, make your comments. Uh, Michael Leventhal, uh, big sigh, uh, waiting on NYCC Press before applying for Star Trek Press. And I do want to do uh, Star Wars Celebration in 2017. It's <laughs> keeping a busy bee there. Um, Dan Berry, next year's Star Wars Celebration and the Star Wars Dark Side Half Marathon Weekend are back-to-back weekends in Orlando next year. Um, I'm thinking about coming over for Star Wars Celebration the half marathon. Um, Carol Hansen is watching. Hello, Carol. Uh, my store heroes did not have the Spectrum comic I wanted either. I got the Archie and the Serenity comic, and then blew sixty dollars on the sale items. Yeah, that's the way it should be. It's promoting your comic book store. Ian O'Hara. I will be in San Diego Sunday, probably around two p.m. So uh, he's going to be making an early week of it. Um, hopefully, you do get the chance to. Uh, have a look round. Uh, Scott, um, I will be there on Tuesday by car. Um, 
Well, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, the parking, there's that, it's not something that I've been following, Alyssa. What's been happening in terms of parking? Um, Sunday is sold out underneath the convention. Uh, the speculation is that, uh, my personal speculation is that the groups were larger this year, uh, than last. So there were more, uh, more people allowed into group one and that more, uh, vendors bought Sunday since they're obviously having to load out, uh, that day than in the previous year. Uh, so group two goes tomorrow and, uh, as of this morning, I believe there is Wednesday through Saturday available. Um, there's also parking in the Hilton that's still available. Uh, preview night to my understanding usually, um, is one of the last ones to sell out oddly enough. Um, but I'm not absolutely sure of that. Okay. And the other thing that I know that um, a lot of people have been asking for, indeed, we've got Michael P. Uh, saying good morning from Colorado Springs and the perpetual wait list. Let's talk about, yes, I'm sorry. I saw the face on Alyssa there just dropping. Let's get, let's cover it. I know that, and it's also going to be rather short at this bit because there's nothing really to say. There's still no news from On Peak and Comic-Con International regarding um, the waitlist for hotels. Um, now, Michael is somebody who's been talking to me and has been making a lot of inroads and talking to On Peak a lot, uh, desperately trying to find out something when it comes to uh, what uh, On Peak have got in mind. Considering that every single time he speaks to them, he gets a different answer. We were going from finding out something at the end of this week. We were going from finding out the uh, something at the end of last week. We were going to be hearing emails going out over the course of this weekend. The the, the message just hasn't been consistent, and it even got to the point where uh, Michael did get somebody on the line saying, "We don't know. We don't know anything." So frustrating. One thing to remember is that we're used to travel planners, which was a small organization where you could call one person, they go walk into the other room and say, okay, this is what we need to tell people and have a five-minute meeting and tell everybody. Unlike on peak, which is um, how many offices do they have across the country? I don't I'm know. Sure, but I think this it's in the. I think it's certainly double figures. So there's uh, my guess is that there's a there's a bit of problem, actually communicating. You know, between when you get those larger corporations, you have have problems disseminating the correct information and they don't, they don't put out a white paper like they do in tech stuff where it's like, okay, this is, you know, blank, 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 um, to, to all of their customer service people, which is, you know, arguably what should happen, um, from a logical standpoint, but this is customer service we're talking about. And it's, it's kind of a more mushy field. Um, yeah. than tech people are. So that's, that's probably one of the, the, the reasons why we're encountering so much problems with it. Um, so that's just to go to Michael P. And I know that that doesn't solve the issue of when are they going to, I mean, I would be okay with them 
just opening up all of the Mission Valley hotels so people could book rooms. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who are happy to book in Mission Valley, they but they can't because the rooms are still blocked off. That, to my mind, is a little... I mean, yes, we'd all like a downtown hotel room, you know, and all of that. Um, but there's only a finite amount of those rooms available. Um, yeah. So... Uh, and you just don't add those to the list, you know. Sure. You but reopen the Mission Valley rooms so people can at least get something sorted. Yeah, I mean, I'm currently looking on their Twitter feed. Uh, the last tweet they sent out was um, last, let's say, a week last Thursday, on the 28th. It wasn't relating to Comic Con. Uh, let's have a look at the last. Um, uh, the last one relating to uh, Comic-Con at all. Okay, considering... Uh, here we are. The last Comic-Con-related tweet from OnPeak was on the 8th of last last month. Four the weeks ago. 8th of April. Mm-hmm. What the holy hell? <laughs> That's insane. That is just insane. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's move on, because otherwise... We don't know. You know, we wish we knew. We don't know. You know, we don't know. I have heard that, that people have been gone, you know, have been contacted on the wait list. One thing I do know is that, um, and I don't know how this would work, but I do know that Travel Planners last year, who was already owned by On Peak was able to transfer a reservation. I had purchased, a, I had gotten, a one, I wanted one night in downtown just to kind of experience it. I purchased a reservation that was uh, farther away. I was able to get one that was closer. I called them up, said, hey, can I swap it without losing my deposit? They said, of course, and they went through. So if you, my assumption is that if you purchase a Mission Valley Hotel, you are able to get, um, a, a gas lamp hotel, they will transfer your reservation. Yeah. You know, if you do get somebody to say that in an email, keep the email and broadcast it because we need that information. Indeed. It we will be, I mean, I'm going to, I do, I do a daily search and there's just nothing. It's just, I'll tell you what you do find. Everyone's just getting angrier and angrier mm-hmm. and angrier. Okay, um, something that I was going to do at the top, but um, because um, we're missing our guest, what we are going to do is I've been spreading things out, including the giving away of the Dark Bunny Tees um, satchel, uh, which is the Avocados at Law uh, Daredevil satchel. I am so um, upset that I cannot enter this one. I know. I Listen, <laughs> if I can try and swing a couple of freebies, I'll let you know, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's gorgeous. Um do check out uh, the uh, darkbunnytees.com. Uh, it's on their homepage. It's one of their featured things. It's this gorgeous satchel, uh, which will gladly hold a 15-inch um, laptop. Um, it's fully padded. It's, it's beautiful. It really is. Um, and we have a winner, uh, randomly chosen from the, uh, the, per- the people who sent in the hashtag Foggy Rules over the last uh, seven days. Congratulations to Nia Canada. That's uh, Nia Quan on Twitter. Uh, we'll get in contact with you. Congratulations. Uh, but you've won yourself uh, the Dark Bunny Tees satchel. 
We did get one announcement uh, about off-site events this week. Uh, Tony Kim, uh, Crazy for Comic-Con, is doing the Game of Bloggers panel again. It's not well. He hasn't announced the panel again. No, no, no. I meant the the um, the offsite. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he's uh, back at um, his location just at the back of the uh, uh, the back of the Petco Park. Um, I can't remember what the uh, the name of the location is again. All I do remember is that myself and Alyssa got there around half past nine, ten o'clock last year, and we couldn't move. I was desperately hoping he was going to find somewhere a little bit bigger. But um, no, it's, um, it's it's a lot of uh, fun to kind of uh, see people very much invested in Comic-Con uh, in one area. So if you follow a blogger, if you follow a uh, podcast, if you follow this, if you follow uh, the Friends of uh, CC Forum, more than likely the people involved in that uh, Twitter feed, in that uh, website, in that blog, they're going to be at that off-site, and you can meet them in person. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Dragon's Den is the place where the um, party is going to be. I mean, I'm not quite sure how many people will be able to have, uh, that they'll be able to let in because they have so many bloggers in there. It's so small. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so there we go. Let's have a look, uh, see what else. Um Something else that we can talk about, um, if you haven't already signed up, uh, is Comic-Con HQ, uh, which is the new um, service of video on demand as provided by uh, Comic-Con International and Lionsgate. That went live yesterday um, on the same day as Free Comic Book Day. Uh, indeed, if you uh, went into a number of comic book stores, you also got the uh, the beta access code. Uh, hopefully you've uh, gotten yourself signed up for that. Um, they are very much pushing uh, on the site and on their promo trailers that it is to bring the Comic-Con experience 365 days a year um, and certainly kind of spreading it out throughout the course of the, the year while Comic-Con is not there. I went on. I, it's very slick. Um, it's um, The actual site itself is um, it's got some great content on there. Um, if you are watching this Hangout from somewhere other than North America, you may have to be a little bit sneaky about how you see the website, but it can be done. Um, it involves um, VPN. Anyway, um, yes, but um, very, very cool. Uh, some great content. I do know that they're going to be putting up the first season of uh, Con Man, which we discussed earlier. Um, there's also the first episode of Film HQ, which is the uh, weekly show. Uh, which is being put together by, uh, uh, I believe it is by Collider. But it's not just repeating the Collider video content either. It's a dedicated show for Comic-Con HQ. Um, there's also uh, uh, Kevin Pereira's um, trailer. Uh, he's talking about his uh, show that's coming up. So we didn't get G4 here in the UK. We didn't get Attack of the Show. I didn't know anything about Kevin Pereira before. Um, I've been seeing some stuff of his on Twitch. I've been seeing some stuff. So, like, checking it, checking him out and seeing what he does. He's very slappable, isn't he? <laughs> I haven't seen any of it yet. I've got to sign up. So I am. I will look forward to slapping. <laughs> I will put it on when I'm feeling particularly like slapping somebody <laughs> and watch it <laughs> for you. I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly slappable. I mean, look at this face. It's very, <laughs> it's, it's got that, it's got the, 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 
the footprint to kind of yes, he's he's slappable. But there we go. Um, but the the actual channel itself and what they're actually the intentions for what they've got for um, at Comic Con HQ, very the potential is absolutely there, and I'm looking forward to see what they're going to say. Did you, anybody else notice that they were advertising on the back of the free comic book day bags that were handed out yesterday? Well, so, I didn't see that because obviously they weren't, but it's not available here in the UK, so it's not something that we've, I've seen, so. They're piling a lot of money into this, which was, which was kind of interesting to me. I was looking at, uh, the, the bag that all of my comics came in, which is your standard free comic book bag on one side. But on the flip side, it had the, uh, the San Diego logo on it. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, I was drinking my coffee and looking, looking through my comics. And, uh, so I was very surprised to see that they really are going, seriously full force on this and I look forward to signing up for that. So basically to sign up for it we just have to go to the um to the site. Yep. Apply for beta. Absolutely. The site is comic con hq.com um mm-hmm. which isn't as complicated as um Kevin Prera I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's surname. Uh, Kevin uh, put on the trailer. It, he made it sound like it's really complicated to work out what the URL is. Comic-ConHQ.com. Pretty simple. Um, head there, check it out. Um, Attack of the Show is where Olivia Munn first was on TV and got the attention of nerds everywhere. Indeed, you'll be seeing her in uh, X-Men Apocalypse very shortly. Indeed. Um, yeah. The one thing that I was hoping for is that this new service is not going to just be a G4 clone. When we actually spoke to um, uh, the representatives of uh, Comic-Con HQ at um, uh, WonderCon, they did. Uh, they kind of made sh- sure they, they said, we didn't want this to be a direct attack of the show G4 clone, but we did want to kind of provide something which was familiar. I'm hoping that they don't just go... G4 with the, the format of uh, the, the service, so who knows. Uh, someone's asking, uh, why didn't we have the uh, uh, Talking Comic Con cup of tea on the service? <laughs> Not through lack of trying, I'll let you know that. Um, we've got somebody who's joined us, but uh, I think he needs to turn his um, uh, microphone on. Oh, there you go. We've got Andy joining us. Hello, Andy. Hello. How you all doing? Fine, thank you. The reason why Andy's joining us is because um, he's been pestering me to do a spoilerific um, chat about Civil War, which I think we're going to be doing in about five minutes' time. If you haven't seen the film, we'll be inviting you to turn off and go away, because we don't want to ruin it for you. But, but um, yes, yeah, that... But between now and then, we're going to do a little brief thing and congratulate Leonard on starting his SDCC fit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Because right. doing a little bit every day helps. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I did something a bit stupid um, and signed up for the Virgin Money London Marathon, um, which is going to be taking place in uh, April next year. Uh, so from here till then, hopefully, I mean, I'm at this point I'm walking two, three miles a day, and I'm just going to increase and improve and desperately hopefully 
the stamina will uh, uh, keep going. And uh, the reason why I did not give you a hard time about this was is simply because some people, everybody does things differently, and some people need that goal at the end of the rainbow to say, I'm, this is, you know, this is my goal. This is what I'm going to do. And you you know yourself and you chose something and more power to you. And that's why I will be very supportive of you. It would not have been anything that I would have ever done myself. applying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, the, the reaction I've been getting generally across the board has been a marathon. You? Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, going back to um, Free Comic Book Day, might as well uh, talk about, um, uh, yeah, Andy, what was your experience? Did you manage to get out and about yesterday? Did you pick up any I, books? I, I missed it. I was occupied with uh, some other, I was kind of exhausted after this week. Uh, you know, I, I write a lot online every day, so I was I was mostly in bed, just sleeping off, and then I woke up in like late afternoon thinking, I feel like I should have been up for something today, but yet I didn't. So yeah, I I missed it. But I know a lot of my Mother's Day. Sorry. It's called Mother's Day. I I have not heard of this thing called Mother's Day. I I totally didn't for, I totally didn't forget to buy my my mom a gift and so on. But yeah, no, I am. Um, I mean, the weekends I'm kind of in a sleep coma most of the time, so I don't really know what's happening around me. Fair enough. So, obviously, we are going to be talking about Civil War. When did you get the chance to see it? So, uh, so this week, actually. Uh, but I've been waiting about tweeting about it because, uh, I mean, I I feel like it's it's so difficult to know. When is it allowed to talk spoilers on Twitter? Is it after two days, one week, a month? And it's like, yeah, I'm just going to hold up at least two, two, for one and a half week and so on, uh, unless I did a show or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I've just been, you know, been on the download just thinking, you know, I want to talk about it, but I can because I know half of my followers are probably haven't seen it yet and so on. So I don't I don't want to be that guy that spoils that uh, that Snape kills Dumbledore. Um oh wait, wrong franchise, never mind. But but yeah, no but I saw it just uh, I saw it this week. Okay. Right, so tell you what then we'll see if we can wrap up any of the business of the day uh before we kind of like invite you all to come back and join us next week for Talking Comic Con. A cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Our guest next week is um, uh, somebody I've been trying to get on the, the, the Hangout for some time, which is uh, Flicks in the City. This is, uh, if you've not been to YouTube, uh, and just go to YouTube and search for Flicks and the City, and you'll see their interview footage, you'll see their panel recordings, you'll see the stuff that they do at Comic-Con. It is of an incredibly high detail. At the end of the day, next week, we may be talking a little bit more about press as well, Alyssa, uh, and basically about how somebody like that actually attends Comic-Con and balances creating such amazing content and also in trying to enjoy your con. So uh, we're also going to be returning with uh, more T-shirt giveaway next week. We haven't done this one, one this week because uh, we've had one or two uh, technical issues. But we will be returning with the DartBunnyTees.com giveaway next week. So let's do a quick rundown as well of the uh, the comments on the Hangouts. Uh, once again about uh, Comic-Con HQ, Dan Berry with a couple of details. Uh, it does ask for your credit card details for file. However, it is a, treat, a free trial which ends on the Sunday of Comic-Con, at which point they then start asking for some cash. I think it's $5 a month, $50 uh, for the year. 
we'll hopefully we'll find out between now and uh, July exactly the kind of content that they're going to be bringing and whether it's going to be worth that money. I personally think from what we've seen so far that it will be. If they keep it at $5 a month, that makes sense to me. I mean, that's something that people can do. That's, that's you know, a, a, an expensive cup of coffee. That's, a you know, that's half of a lunch. You know, that's, that's, that's doable for a lot of people on a monthly basis. That makes, that price point makes sense. Thankfully, they're not going into the $25 a month. Yeah. Real, real happy to see that. It could have gone a bit money, money grabbing. I think this, this opening, Salvo of prices, it works out. So is there um, a difference? It's a difference between what you get if you pay five dollars or fifty dollars. Is there a difference between what you get from both services, or is it just like it's a flat subscription service? Yeah. Okay, no, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, whether or not you want to pay once, or you want to pay, you know, uh, on a monthly basis, Patreon kind of thing. Yeah. Which, by the way, the Englishman in San Diego, Patreon has switched to monthly, and um, I have put a really, really tiny little uh, donation in there as well. If you just want to kind of give back to the show, that'd be great. Okay. That's enough of me begging. Okay, right. Oh, oh yeah, I might as well cover that real quickly as well. Um, I know that I was talking about the returning of the vlogs, uh, which I was going to be uploading on Thursday. Uh, we have had some technical issues in terms of YouTube, um, but hopefully by the beginning of next week, Monday, Tuesday, you'll have the first episode up. So if you have signed up for the Patreon, uh, you will be able to see that uh, episode online Monday, Tuesday. Fingers crossed. Right. If you haven't seen Civil War yet, this is your 30 second warning. We are going to be talking Civil War. And we're going to be talking about our impressions of the film. We're going to be talking about the themes that are mentioned and discussed in the film. Last week was our spoiler-free review. This ain't. This is going to be spoilerific. So 15 seconds. If you want to turn off now, you're more than welcome to do so. If you want to stick around, you will be hearing about Captain America Civil War. And it is going to be spoilerific. Three, two... two one. One. Right. I personally think that the uh, the death of Captain America was a very bold choice. <laughs> In the comic book. Ha. Okay. Um, let's. Who's going? I think we'll we'll start with Alyssa. Um, I mean, what was your uh, impressions? What did you see? In what format did you see him? Um, I saw it non-3D. I am not a big fan of the 3D thing. I I kind of really the the overall impression, and this is kind of you know pretty pretty minor in it. I liked the fact that we didn't have the big destroy New York, destroy DC episodes. the The airport scene was great. I loved you know I loved having that space of being able to to play with all of the people and uh, the giant and all of those aspects of just spatial relationships within that without having to deal with the tight confines of uh, the city. You're in a safe place now. You can say it. It's a spoilerific section. (laughs) Giant Man is the word. Yes, Giant Man, which, yes, (laughs) Giant Man is Spider-Man. We have this problem with the Star Wars one. It took us a good 20 minutes to... We can talk about this. So, yeah. yeah. Um, 
off the back of what I was talking about with uh, on last week's show with the, the spoiler free, I felt that it was a very human film, which was very strange for a superhuman uh, film, considering that you had um, characters that were being driven by very human emotions, very human um, uh, motivations. The death oh, of can you pull the seat up? No. <laughs> I mean, I mean those, those kind of vignettes took so much more uh, power, got so much more power because we weren't dealing with all of the special effects. And I love effects. I am a big effects movie. But being able, you know, the VW, the, the bug, you know, Captain America stepping out of the bug was just, you know, this huge hulk of a man. It, it was brilliant. Um, so the the little human aspects overshadowed um, the big the big uh, effects scenes, which I thought was particularly brave and uh, uh, brought superhero movies to a whole nother level. Yeah, what was your experience, Andy? Uh, was I mean, was there anything that kind of happened that surprised you when it came to uh, the film? Yeah, no, I saw it in 2D as well. I I think I'm 3D blind, and, and, all, and whenever I'm forced to having to see 3D, I'm just I'm distracted by the glasses. So uh, yeah, no, I um I mean the one concern I had for this film before seeing it, so I know there's been tons of interviews and talks about it, and so and I I was always concerned that this was going to be feeling more like Avengers Civil War rather than Captain America Civil War because to me it was really important that look this is the that this is the end of the trilogy of Cap. You know, I, I want this to be as much of a Cap movie as possible. And I think they did a good job with, um, that's what they su- surprised me with the most, that it was, in the end, it felt like we were seeing this mostly from Cap's point of view. Uh, I mean, Tony is a huge character in this, but it, in the end, the, they, they live up to Captain America, you know, to the Captain America in Captain America Civil War. And um, the one thing I, I didn't mean this is going to sound weird and kind of like insane, but, I was actually almost hoping that someone would have actually ended up dying because, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the things that the MCU, look, and I love the MCU, but I feel like there's one of the things that it lacks is deaths and, you know, and major consequences. Now, there were tons of consequences in this, and that's why I love that it was such an international movie, that it wasn't just, let's uh, destroy another city in America. So it was kind of like we were taking a place all over the world because then it, it feels, it doesn't feel, um, it feels more universal. It feels mm-hmm. that anyone, like someone in Japan or in China or in Turkey or in Italy and so on, can kind of get into it. It, it, it affects the whole world and not just the world of the states. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I, I think, um, I mean, I, I totally understand the that aspect of it. That, it, the, I mean, you've, it did feel that um, everyone, everyone does walk away from this uh, film and there are no deaths in it there's it, everyone it's still in you could feel that there is that control alt delete everyone's still relatively safe by the end of this film but you can also say that the end the avengers die at the end of this film as an organization i mean yeah, that's a point but you know but the thing is just when you know that they're going to come back again for you know a two-parter avengers film and so on it's kind of, it kind of takes away the stakes a little bit that you know yes they they broke up but it's like it's a temporary breakup they're going to get together again and so on and whatnot it would have felt more i mean it, it would have felt a little bit different if someone had actually died i know we had almost um Rhodey almost die and i was almost going to be like 
I mean, I, I'm, I feel so bad for saying it, but I was kind of like, good. I'm like, when, I almost thought he was dead. Because the thing is, I don't have anything against Don Cheadle, but I was such a huge Terrence Howard fan who played the, the, the character in Iron Man 1. I, I, I just don't feel Don Cheadle really fits into this universe and this role and so on. Because I was talking to my, one of my friends yesterday about saying that Terrence Howard felt like he was an equal with Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony. Don Cheadle feels like he is the sidekick. He's, you know, the, 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 the understudy and whatnot. And I kind of, you know, so that's why I was kind of like, you know, when I saw that he had almost died, I was like, good. I mean, and then I saw, then I see it at the end of the film, I'm like, whatever. No, I never get what I want. This is why we can't have pretty things. Uh, I'm an awful human being. I'm so sorry. I was, was, I was trying was, to work out exactly. Sorry, Alyssa, go on. It wasn't black and white, and that's, and I think that's, you know, what, what you were talking about with the, uh, the Avengers, Avengers 3 coming up, is that uh, this movie, it didn't, it didn't settle things. You know, it wasn't like, oh, okay, this person was in the wrong. Everybody still remained friends. Everybody, you know, understood where everybody and respected each other, as opposed to having that, um, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, your opinion sucks. That personal attack was not there throughout this movie. And I thought, found that so refreshing that, that it was respect, everybody's opinion was respected in this movie. And that it wasn't black and white, it was shades of gray. So that's, that, which I think leads us into Avengers 3. Yeah. I'm very curious to see how they're going to... You, I mean, you're right. They are going to have to bring everyone together for this common threat, which is uh, Thanos in Infinity War. But I think it's going to be very interesting to have a good half, two-thirds of a film where they are very much in two camps. And um, I thought it was very interesting that um, in much the same way... I mean, I know that we uh, we may have somebody watching that wasn't too keen on the uh, the Civil War book. Um, I know that um, Russell Burningham from Comic Book Movie, we've had conversations, really not a fan of the original comic because of the way it betrayed uh, Tony Stark and Iron Man's character. And you listen to his excuses uh, or his reasons, and it makes, se- it makes sense. This film, however, both sides are absolutely right, and they're both absolutely wrong. And I think that's the great thing about it, when you can... I mean, I know people as well that went in saying, oh, no, team cap, and coming out going, no, actually, both sides had valid points. And they, there was this, abs- I mean, that's what I thought was great about the original comic as well, that you could support both sides because they both had very valid points. Um, I just loved that dichotomy. I mean, by the end of it, I was supporting... Um, Iron Man because at the end of the day we did see this um, these massively powerful individuals doing some incredible damage in the battle uh, fighting each other Um, but at the end of the day it was also like you say driven by Captain America's story and the moment that he kind of has Bucky in his mind his objectivity disappears and he just turns into this kid from Brooklyn that's just wants to support his friend, and everything else just goes to hell because of it. Why, it was a nice throwback to the first. Uh, cap, sorry, I was just going to say it was a nice throwback to the first cap movie when he said, "You know, I can do this all day." I'm like, oh, I can see little Steve again. I'm like, 
Oh my god, this is good. I, oh, I love Chris Evans' cat. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> oh, they had a great excerpt uh, from that uh, where that scene was referenced. Uh, uh, I think uh, that shooter, uh, one of the creators of uh, Captain America was got to watch uh, the first Captain America film and was just was so happy, you know, that that scene made it into the movies from the original comic books. It was just, and to see it replayed in, uh, in the third episode was, was absolutely brilliant. But to go back to your point, Leonard, <clears throat> that freedom, does that freedom justify caging up people that we saw at the end, who are just fighting for us. Well, and that kind of that's what the argument was when he turned around and said, when you have governments and organizations with agendas, and mm-hmm. then they, these agendas allow you to create this Guantanamo out in the sea. For to, people who are not trying, who are not trying to uh, overthrow the government, they're yeah. trying to uh, to do the right thing. They're trying to be heroes. And are you going to cage them up for that? That's yeah. not right. Yeah. Got a couple of comments coming in on the Q&A. This is from Michael Leventhal. Uh One issue I had was in the Registration Act. This 117-page document signed by 110 countries is ready in a matter of days after the opening sequence of Scarlet Witch causing the death in Lagos. And with no input from the heroes, where is the back and forth? That, I think, is... I thought that was actually essential. I've been thinking about that. I think it's actually essential to the film that this an implacable document is put in front of them. Tony tries to bend it when he tries to get um, Steve to sign it. Uh, when they uh, get them into, uh, uh, they do get finally face to face, and he tries to bend it, saying, "Well, we can ratify it down the line. We can make changes. We can make alterations to the document." No, because at the end of the day, the governments created this thing. And I, yeah, I I didn't have that as an issue, but I understood why it was there, because it's the thing that creates that wedge between Steve and Tony. I, I just, there, there's so much history of, uh, of the Japanese internment camps and Gitmo and... You know, and I hate to bring up World War Two, but because it's it's so overdone. But there are so much us them in 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 human history that I that once you start doing us them, and we're going to imprison you because of these ideals. So I guess what this is boiling down to is I'm still Captain. I'm Team Captain America. Yeah, you know. Well, I did come out being a little bit more Team Spidey afterwards, so because... Let's talk about Spidey. I mean, I absolutely found that this film works the second viewing round, because the first time round, you're so jazzed about seeing Spidey on screen, you almost forget, or you miss little details, because your brain is just going, It's Spider-Man! I'm sorry, <laughs> this is brilliant! So you kind of, you 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 miss so much. You watch it the second time round, and you kind of know what's coming. Just the dy- they have nailed Spider-Man in 20 minutes. After all the debacle of all the t- Sam Raimi films and the the the, the Mark Webb films, they they got it right in 20 minutes. Uh, I was just so blown away. 
what was your take on Spider-Man, Andy? Did you? Uh, how long have you, have you been a Spider-Man fan for a while, or? Since I was five. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I sadly there are no photos of me in a Spider-Man costume when I was a kid, but I, uh, I, Spider-Man was one of my first superheroes that I fell in love with, and you know, I was a, I was very protective of Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I really enjoyed that, but as, and I was kind of one of those people that was feeling it would have been fun if they brought in Miles Morales. I go into the film, uh, Tony says, you know, I got a secret weapon, it's in Queens, uh, and we get there, and Tom Holland just starts talking, and I'm like, oh my web, this is working way better than I expected, and I'm like, now I'm jazzed for a new Peter Parker franchise, um, I, I love the fact that he gets to be a teenager, because, you know, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, they graduated high school you know, in their versions after just both one movie. This kid, we're going to see him at least three movies in, the, in high school, and I like that innocence. And, you know, I mean, he was so dorky that it was just, oh, sweetie, just keep talking. Just say things that are not appropriate here right now. <laughs> and um, Ed May, I mean, he keeps getting younger and younger. So I was just like, you know. Now you see, I've I've been talking about this with some friends. Uh, I think it was with uh, yeah, with some friends uh, about Aunt May and you know a younger Aunt May. At the end of the day, she is his aunt. She's the sister of his mother. He's seventeen. She's gonna be about this age. Why has she always been sixty, seventy years old? It actually, if you think about it, it makes no sense. She's, this is the perfect age. This is spot on. And it's also rather appropriate that Tony hits on it. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> that was the best. Queens, Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I, that, to my mind, was, was you know, it's those little vignettes were, were amazing throughout the entire film, and that's why I really appreciated the writing in this one. But And the Ant-Man, and Giant Man, Ant-Man, was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was expecting some kind of banter going on there about a spider taking on an ant. <laughs> Felt a little bit robbed there. I, I, I only now saw the connections. Wow, they should have done something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wish we'd see... I, the way, one thing I did, wanna, did want to see was um, his uh, his own Spidey costume before he got the, the more stylized one, because all we saw was just blur image and so on. I was kind of interested... I mean, like, I would want to see how Peter Parker... In the, in the MCU, started out of Spidey, and so just to see what his costume looked like. Although, the minute I saw the goggles, I was like, okay, maybe I don't need to see it. Uh, <laughs> because I'm like, maybe this is, you know, maybe it's a good thing that it was blurry. <laughs> I really liked that touch as well, the talking about the, the dark goggles, and how the fact that it, I mean, you were right, Alyssa, the, the, the way that it was written was just so, it was just so well written. Every line was just perfectly pitched for it there. Considering that um, you talk to any five-year-old, any five-year-old, ten-year-old, how does Spider-Man get his powers? He was bitten by a radioactive spider. Everyone knows it, so why talk about it? Do we have to see the Wayne shot again and again and again? We know how this stuff works, so they didn't touch it. And it just went, okay, when this thing that happened to me happened, everything's dialed up to 11, so I need the dark goggles to make me focus. And I just sat there and went, that's brilliant. That's just brilliant. They didn't overplay things. No. I think, you know, with the little jokes, the two-line jokes, the, the explanations, they didn't go into unnecessary stuff that we already know, and that's great. Yeah. 
Uh, Dan Berry is, has asked, did anyone else catch the sly Disney-related Easter egg in Civil War? You may have to elaborate on that I mean, one. The, the, I mean, Disney owns Marvel. I mean, that's the only Easter egg I can think of. Uh, Come on, Dan. You're gonna have to. Deli- you're gonna have to. Okay. Was it when he you mentioned uh, Star Wars? You know, when, P- when Peter was talking about uh, yeah, the Star. Yeah, Star Wars, perhaps. That um, was nice. That was nice. That was that was wonderful with the uh, the uh, the four legged. I forget what they're called. The, the four-legged Star Wars. The AT at work walkers, right? Actually, we I've got a great um, uh, little thing for that that I'm going to post in a moment that people will want to click on. Okay. <laughs> no, I did. I, I I liked that. I just the way that. Yeah, he's 17. If that. I mean, it's 15 or 16 or something like that, yeah. even younger. And I kind of appreciate it because that means that. I mean, I don't mind seeing a trilogy of him being in high school and so on because, I mean, yes, it's going to make me feel old because I'm like, well, high school was like, it was like four or five years ago for me. But, you know, just seeing a kid in modern high school just, uh, you know, while also trying to be a superhero is far more interesting than a superhero that is in college, honestly. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. Um, Black Panther? Sorry? Can we talk um, about Black Panther because, oh, my highness... Uh, I mean, like, my, my the excellence, royalty, whatever. I mean, I am so jazzed with the Black Panther movie I've seeing this. I mean, Shadow Boseman just nailed that. The, and that costume, I mean, all oh, that is sick and slick. The only concern I have about Black Panther now is just how serious that film's going to be. I mean, we were kind of almost promised a relatively serious Marvel movie with Thor. And we kind of got it, but it was still very fantastical. This has the potential of being a very political, very driven, very dark uh, Marvel movie. It's, we go, it's, this is going to be... I mean, we thought Civil War was in that kind of domain. This could be the first really dark um, MC, MCU movie. Uh, still jazzed. I mean, the boy's got some moves. Very, very cool. Uh, the comment that's uh, come in, uh, Dan Berry has explained uh, what the, uh, uh, the the Easter egg was. Bucky's cell. The number is D23. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> they, I mean, they didn't spot it. So oh, there we go. Yeah. Writers of this film didn't plan that for, to be a nod to it, and they say, oh, we didn't even think about it. We just write, wrote something randomly. I'm going to laugh my butt up so hard, because <laughs> how does that happen and none of us p- picked up on it? I, we I need to watch it again. Yeah, we have to go back and see it again. <laughs> and D23 is going to be the weekend before San Diego next year in 17. Yeah. So we're going to have D23, then San Diego Con. That probably means no Marvel presence than at, um, I mean, at least for Hall Age at Comic Con next year because they're so because they're you know they're so tied to each other. Yeah. Well, we said that about Star Wars, and um, we had Star Wars Celebration um, last year, and we thought, okay, well, they're just going to do everything for Star Wars Celebration. Then they brought out the mother of all panels with a concert and everything. So. But wasn't Celebration a few months before Comic Con or? 
When yeah. was Celebrity last year? It was about a month. A month? About a month. But oh, anyway, there we go. Um, Scott is saying Civil War is fantastic. Seen it twice already. Spidey was done perfectly, and the same for Black Panther. The airport battle was amazing to watch, especially on IMAX. Um, I'll back him up on that one. Uh, I'm, I saw the first screening, which was uh, 3D IMAX, and yeah, to see that giant man stomping around, and yeah, it was uh, impressive to see on a big screen. Very, very cool. Oh, um, I mean, uh, something I want to say about Ant-Man is that while while I wasn't a huge fan of the Ant-Man movie, I will say that Civil War made me appreciate Ant-Man more. And I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if I need a sequel to Ant-Man, but I, at least I know I appreciate the character a lot more in so compared to when I saw him. In, uh, and it's not it's not because of Paul Rudd; it's just that I don't didn't find the character as compelling. But you know, once we, I saw him mixed up with all the other Marvel characters, that it, it made it he made it he was made a lot more fun and uh, enjoyable to watch. And I mean, giant. I mean, can't we just have a movie called Giant Man instead? I mean, like, why do we need Adam and the Wasp? Just Giant Man and the Wasp would be so much better. <laughs> I think, to my mind, the Ant-Man was a perfect juxtaposition with um, the the Deadpool movie. Because it, it, Ant-Man was for kids, and Deadpool was for adults. And I, I think that, that it, it, it gave everybody you know, something that they could go see. Now, granted, they're different uh, different houses and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, but speaking of different houses, how did, and explain this to me, how did MCU get a hold of the Spider-Man character? I didn't think that we, um, that MCU could do Spider-Man because they, they had sold it. Yeah. Well, um, Sony were very much on the back foot after um, the email leaks of two years ago. Um, they were Still struggling after the uh, sort of like critical bomb of Amazing Spider-Man 2, and at the end of the day, um, they obviously were in a better position to talk to uh, to Kevin Feige. At the end of the day, the standalone film is going to be a so um, a Sony film. Um, uh, they own the rights. It's still a Sony picture. Although it says a lot that um, in the week before. Um, Captain, uh, Captain America Civil War was released uh, here in the UK um, there was a, an interview with Kevin Feige who announced that uh, the actual film itself is going to be um, creatively driven by Marvel Studios so it's effectively going to be a Marvel Studios film sublet by Sony I think Sony executives were sat in Civil War and just went yeah you've got this you know what you're doing yeah. It's, all, it's all yours. Go for it. No, so it's a cost thing. So they basically said, we, we don't have the whatever it takes to, to do justice to this, and we want to make a lot of money, so we'll split the profits with you if you drive it creatively. Yeah. All I we're mean, just hoping for now is that Fox has the same kind of motivation when it comes to Fantastic Four. And X-Men, don't they do X-Men 2? Yeah, but they've got X Men okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think if it's if X Men starts to struggle, I think that's where maybe they will try and do some sort of deal. But I feel like you know now that you know now they're doing they're going to move not just from the big team, they're doing this they're going to doing X Men TV shows as well. So I mean, like the X Men players seems to be you know I mean they could still want to do like some sort of crossover deal where they say yes we're still we're doing still good money and so but we want to kind of creatively be able to do more things. I mean I think. 
from from what I understand, I think the Spider movie, you know, the profits will go mostly to Sony because Spider Man. I think if Spider Man shows have been a non Spider Man film, so I think the profit goes then to Marvel and so on. Uh, I mean, I don't know how that deal works, but I mean, yeah, my, you know, it's. I mean, we saw what happened. You know, I think Spider was in in for the film for about twenty minutes or something. I mean, yeah. just seeing how well that could work in just twenty minutes. Imagine how a big feature film will work. So I think you know, Sony's doing. You know. I don't want to say, you know, oh, Sony doesn't deserve a right, they don't deserve to have spying, so on. Uh, I mean, they pay for the rights, fair and share, so, but the fact that they are willing to do these crossovers and have them in the same universe is, I mean, I think it's really cool. And, you know, as I was seeing, you know, uh, I was seeing all the Daredevil awesomeness in the background, so it made me realize that, you know, that because they have Kingpin in MCU, now hopefully Kingpin will show up in a Spider movie and stuff, because that would be awesome seeing Vincent Nuffer and Tom Holland you know, interact and so on. And I don't think that would have been possible if Sony hadn't made a deal because Kingpin was, had, you know, gone back to Marvel because he's more a Daredevil character than a Spidey character and so on. But that is an awesome background you have. I'm trying to figure out what is those issues that she has of Daredevil in the back and so on. Um, I've got a 131, a 168, and a 7. All for the Daredevil. So, um, is that Punisher in the first one? Um, I've got one, I do have a 131, uh, which is the first Punisher at some place. He's not up. I've got the first red costume, the first Electra, and the first Frank Miller writer writing. So, that, is, that is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, no, that's, uh, that's just showing off. Yeah, just it's a not little. Awesome at all. It's, yeah. So what, so the next Mar- MCU movie is, Strange. is Doc Strange in November. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was wondering if we were going to get anything else. So we'll get the Star Trek movie in the, in the middle of the summer, then Doc Strange. Yeah. Anything else big coming down that I missed? From Marvel this year? Um, I mean, there's Apocalypse coming out in just a few weeks. Oh, uh, is that ever get that? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, maybe if you were meaning just MCU-related things, yeah, then, you know, Doctor Strange is something that we're getting in the, in the fall, but... I mean, I think they're going to start shooting Spider-Man Homecoming pretty soon. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I guess Luke Cage is also the next big thing for Marvel, too. Ah, yes, I'm, yeah. I'm dying to see Luke Cage because I love Luke Cage. Uh, I love him and Jessica Jones. And Mike Coulter is, you know, he's, I mean, he's the best. So, but I, I can't think of anything got Luke Cage coming down. Is Jessica Jones season two next year? Uh, no, I think, uh, from what I understand, it, uh, because... The original contract was Daredevil Season 1, Jessica Season 1, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and then Defenders. So right after shooting Iron Fist, and then right after they're going to start shooting Defenders right away. So I think Jessica Jones and Punisher Season 1 will probably happen in 2018, which, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be a long time. But I, think, I wouldn't be surprised if they start shooting Jessica Jones Season 2 next year and so on. But, uh, but yeah, I think yeah, we're going to have to wait for, you know, the future season so on. But, you know, I mean... Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Defenders, we, I really want to get to that as well. So, um, I mean, I maybe they will do something differently, though, with the order. We're in a good good spot at the moment uh, with just so much content. I mean, when we, when we are dealing with companies at the moment that are now struggling to find when and where to put these, um, these properties out there because there's just so much good quality stuff out there, I think we're, all, I think we're in a good, good place. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, like, can you imagine that, you know, the biggest problem now studios and networks have is where do we put them and so on? You know, like 20 years ago, it was just that we, we have a problem actually coming up with franchises that we need to get, get, get off on the ground and so on. So it's, 
I mean, this is a good problem to have, honestly. I mean, you know, from a bigger picture, if you if you look at it, it's a great time to be a geek. Absolutely fabulous to have to have real content. I mean, compared to what was available in the 70s and 80s, uh, that's the. I mean, I, I was looking at some of the old Captain America uh, TV show clips that they showed in the episode, uh, the TV episode that they did recap episode, and oh god, it's so nice to be living now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that those that those old cap, those old cap uh, versions. Yeah, they were. Um, I mean, I saw the first one with Red Skull, and I mean, many years ago. I'm like, oh lord, thank lord that that, that, that we got Chris Evans and Hugh Weave and all those things. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, both for Marvel and DC, you know, it's a great time to be. You know, if you're a comp, I mean, being a nerd now is the new cool. Basically, I mean, like 20 years ago, it was. I mean, I mean, I was interviewing someone just this week, and we were talking about the fact that if you were a geek 20 years ago, it would, you know, you would be shamed for. It. But now it's like if you're a nerd, I mean, you're the coolest person around. I mean, I when I'm the only comic person in a group with people that are just, you know, non-comic fan, I'm the one that everyone always asks for, you know, like, what does this mean? What is this E-Trade? What is that logo there on the building? I'm like, you know. Oh, now you want my help. Okay, okay, I see how it is. And I was like, you know, I just sit there like, you know, so this is what it means, this is what it means, this is what it means. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is, I mean, it is really the best time to be in there right now. Hopefully it's just going to keep going and going for, you know, several years. Well, I mean, we were talking about this at the very top of the show. I mean, the test, I suspect, um, certainly for DCU, is Suicide Squad. Uh, if that film doesn't quite land, then that's when that's when things start getting rocky. But I mean, we've got you were talking about the strength of the uh, other MCU characters and the fact that um, Spidey was able to be tempted across because of the way that it was treated at uh, at Sony, and the fact that you could have the uh, the X Men uh, in a similar deal. At the end of the day, I think the X Men films are doing so well uh, for Fox that. We're not going to be seeing a similar deal, deal in that regard. And not only that, but they also have Wolverine as well. So there's this, these, this franchise that still delivers. At the end of the day, Spider-Man wasn't quite delivering for Sony, which is why we were able to get him in Civil War. A um, couple of comments that are coming in on the Q&A. Um, let's have a look at this one. Uh, yes, um, just three words. Vision in clothing. <laughs> I could, I laughed every time he was wearing clothes, and I'm like, just, 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 just strip. You don't need to have clothes on. I mean, I just couldn't take it seriously. I'm like, you know, he's wearing a shirt, and uh, like he, he I, I don't know. I was just, I, I thought he was cute when he was wearing it and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, if if there was anything that I could pick on the film about, it was having Vision and Scarlet Witch on the airport scene. Vision could quite easily just turn around and wipe them all out in a very simple move. Um, they could have done more with the whole being distracted by Wanda bit. Uh, I didn't think they quite so like connected that um, in the airport scene. Everything up to them was uh, uh, spot on. Uh, I, have, I wanted to ask you guys, by the way, regarding the villain, Baron Zemo, what did you guys think of him? Sorry, of who? Of Baron Zemo, uh, if I'm saying, the, the villain of the film. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. Um, I liked the fact that it wasn't a big bad. It was just a guy that had a genuine grievance. That was my take. That was my take on it. Alyssa, 
it goes back to the whole black and white. You know, nothing is black and white in real life. It's it's all shades of gray. I mean, there's very few issues that are real black and white. So it made sense that it wasn't, uh, <laughs> want to take over the world guy. And it was just, just a guy that had a family that uh, didn't survive. Yeah. So, I, thought, I thought he was a great actor, great part, well-written, well-defined. I mean, I think Tony actually, Tony Kim put on Twitter, which do you feel uh, was, which character was uh, the highlight for you? And I I struggled at first. I think Baron Zemo, oh, Zemo in this, General Zemo in this. And I thought it was incredibly well written. Um, Sarita P, in the end, everyone is affected in some form or in fashion. Absolutely right. I mean, the, I liked the fact that by the end of this film, it is such a fractured universe. And I, I, I thought that was so refreshing that it wasn't just a happy ending. Uh, Andrew English is saying that and Iron Man will appear in Spider-Man Homecoming. So there is that um, that uh, cross-pollination of the two universes, which is always... Uh, uh, I, I think it's Sony coming to their senses. I mean, can you imagine, you know, 10 years, 20 years ago, people, you know... When people would say, people would have laughed if people heard you know, that Iron Man was the person that would have to save, you know, Spider-Man's, you know, financial um, uh, income, basically. So, you know, the fact that Iron Man has not become like, a huge character now that he is being brought into a fighting film, that is, I mean, that's kind of mind, you know, mind-blowing in many ways. And, I mean, and Tom Holland, Robert Andrew, they had such good chemistry that I'm like, yeah, put him in that film. Uh, although I wouldn't mind if he just showed up as, as just Tony Stark. I mean, I don't feel that we need to see Iron Man everywhere. I mean, I, you know, I like seeing just Tony sometimes and so on. And um, So what, basically turning into the Wolverine of the MCU? I mean, look, he's been the Wolverine of the MCU for a long time now. I mean, you know, if if that hasn't really come... If, if people doesn't, don't really know that, I mean... I mean, boo, that, 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 is, that, is, that, that is the truth. He is the Wolverine, and you know, instead of... You know, claws. You know, he has you know iron suits basically to rely on. So, um, but you know, I think you know, it's a, you know, it's good to have one of those connecting characters that goes between all the franchises and whatnot. Uh, I mean, that's why I love the the post credit scene so much of Incredible Hulk when he showed up to talk to General um, Ross, who was nice to see in this film again um, and whatnot. Um, definitely to see how this you know, film will affect um, Shield on Tuesday because I think that's supposed to be the episode where they address the aftermath or whatnot, or, you know, because they're doing all the humans or whatnot. That's a show that I really need to catch up on very, very quickly. That's the last time you saw it. <laughs> Not yet. It's, I'm about four or five episodes behind. I really need to do some catching up. Tell you what, I might do that after this Hangout, which I think is a good place to kind of uh, to wrap things up and uh, say thank you very much indeed to my guests. Andy, it was very much last minute. Thank you very much yeah. indeed for joining us, sir. Thank you for letting me crash. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you online, sir? They can find me on Twitter at AndyBakht, which is spelled B-E-H-B-A-K-H-T, where they can find all my work at The Flash Podcast, The Ball Report, Hero Caller, and TV Overmind. And uh, they can find me on Instagram, too, if they want to follow me. I, I need to post better pictures on Instagram, but, yeah, that's where people can find me. Excellent. And, of course, you can find him on The Marvel Report, which is uh, certainly one of the better... Uh, sites out there and information for the MCU. Great, great. Uh, How do you make me blush? Oh, man. No, very much so. Excellent stuff. Thank, thank you very much indeed for joining us, Andy. And Alyssa, thank you very much indeed for... Uh, we managed to put a show together. 
We have. I, I, I just have to say that um, it, uh, that with with regards to the catching up on AOS, I I'm like a, a, a season and a half behind, which makes me being on that Marvel trivia panel last month absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Okay. I, I was I had a short clip on uh, the Marvel uh, trivia thing with um, uh, that we went into earlier this uh, this episode, and I knew nothing walking into that. I, I will admit it now. People, can I am going to be. It's going to be one of the, one of the first things I do is I'm going to be checking out that clip. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I actually knew one of the two, two or three of the questions. Regardless, anyway. Um, Alyssa at friends of CCI dot, uh, friends of CCI for my Twitter. And I am also on the forum at friends of CC.com forward slash forum. We're also going to be doing, uh, just to plug, uh, I'm going to be, re- uh, posting, uh, a con fitness article tomorrow with regards to weight loss, diet, and, um, eating. Food intake. So you want to keep an eye out for that. Excellent. Um, and myself, Lena Sultana, you can find on Twitter, Englishman STCC, uh, or if you just type in Englishman in San Diego into Google, you can find me on all sorts of uh, social medias. Do check out an Englishman in San Diego.com uh, for all the latest updates which I post on the website. Um, if you did join us today expecting to see um, the Baker Street Babes, my apologies. Um, I do know that we have had a competition running this week to give away tickets to uh, the Sherlock party, but at the end of the day, they were going to select the winner, and if we can't uh, show up to the hangout, we can't choose the winner for that. So hopefully in the next couple of days, we'll get in contact with them, and we'll get a winner chosen for that and give away those tickets for the Sherlock party. Hopefully we can invite them onto the show again uh, a little bit further down the line to talk about off-site uh, at Comic-Con. Uh, thank you very much indeed for watching today. Next week is going to be a, um, an, ep- an episode featuring Flicks in the City. Uh, do head to YouTube.com, search for Flicks in the City, search for their Comic-Con content. You'll understand exactly why I want to get them on the show. Their content is slick, it's brilliantly produced, and at the end of the day, they're just like us. They show up and do the press thing and produce their own content, but it is just very, very nicely done. Check out uh, YouTube.com and go and search for Flicks in the City. Uh, you'll get an idea of why we've got them on next week's Talking Comic Con, Cup of Tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Enjoy the rest of your day. Treat your mother well, uh, whatever you're getting up to, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.